superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Go, go, go! This is the Rich Eisen Show. Press did a heat check on Coach Shannon. The Rich Eisen Show. Have you decided on anything, sir? Um, I got a pretty good idea. So let's try one of the quarterbacks. Let's go straight to yeah. Jimmy G. Oh, yeah. I have a pretty good idea. That's your starting quarterback, the San Francisco 49ers, don't I mean, you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Earlier on the show, ESPN college football analyst Ryan Leaf, ESPN senior writer Seth Wickersham, still to come, Yahoo sports columnist Dan Wetzel, plus from Peacock's brother from another, Michael Smith. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Final hour here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Michael Smith, a brother from another, is going to join us uh, in just about 20 minutes' time. We take you to his show with Michael Holly at the end of every third hour. Every single day, brother from another follows us on NBC Sports on Peacock, which is how you can see us every single day. After the Dan Patrick Show, same as you can hear us after Dan on Sirius XM Channel 211 NBC Sports Audio every day. We thank our Rich Eisen Show radio affiliates. 35 strong now. 35 strong. We had one on January 1st. We have 35 now here heading into September 1st in the football season. Hey, everybody, if you're new to this show, you are going to love football season on the Rich Eisen Show. It is what we are built for. It is why, yes, it is why we lift all them scripts. Because it's high on my damn agenda. It is. <laughs> it is. And Mike Del Tufo's on a single shot, which is terrific because Chris it, Brockman's yeah. out. You're loving this. Garoppolo. Enjoy, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy it, sir, um, because Brockman's back Monday, and I know. I'm uh, so we have to reposition the camera. I'm, I miss him. I'm keeping I mean, my single, we, though, we, so. just chat, we just chatted with him. We just chatted. So once again, you are needing to do what Bro- – you did it so well I yesterday mean, with Travis it's, Kelsey. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> He doesn't even know what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's amazing. Yeah, I, do. I did that. Amazing job. I'm better than okay. I used to be. All right. Mike Del Tufo, I ask you on your single shot, is our next guest on the phone line to talk about the college he's football He's all ready to alliance. go, Rich. Okay, very Come good. on, he's all ready to go. He is the national columnist. Is that, that's that like, is that like the Ohio State University, the national columnist for <laughs> Yahoo Sports? He is Dan Wetzel back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Dan? That's right. Get it right. The you know? national columnist for Yahoo Sports. Uh, all right. Let me just throw it right out to you. What, what's what's the alliance? What, I know the alliance is historic. I saw the the graphic that came with the press release um, on on Tuesday. What what in the world? What what is this about, Dan Wetzel? Well, if you want to know why it's not, uh, you shouldn't take it too serious. Is because the three logos of the leagues, hmm. there was no corporate sponsor. <laughs> Historic Alliance brought to you by oh, yes. this is, for all the Tostitos, yes. baby. For yes, the Tostitos Alliance, the FedEx Alliance. Like the fact college sports didn't slap up sponsor on that tells you this is just nothing. For okay. all the Tostitos, baby. There he is. There's Brent. <laughs> it does not matter. They didn't make a buck on it. Uh there's oh. no sign contract. Now look, it's uh yeah, I mean it's 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 these leagues trying to say we still matter, uh, which they do, um, and it's a full full pushback on the SEC and saying we're going to align and make sure you don't run us over, and hopefully you don't take any more of our teams. Um, and their number one goal is to make sure that when the bidding for the college football playoff comes out in whether it's two years or in five, uh, unfortunately they delay this thing that. It is not the sole property of ESPN, that ESPN doesn't get to broadcast all of the college football playoff games. They want Fox to be involved. They want someone else to be involved, the way the NFL playoffs are shown on all the networks. And that's because the SEC and ESPN are now exclusively, to get, or ESPN is the exclusive broadcaster of, of the SEC. 
the Big Ten, the Pac-12 particularly, want Fox to be able to profit off the big-time games that the college football playoff will create and then have that kind of profit to later put back into their contract deal. So that's the number one tangible goal of this is to hit the brakes on the playoff and make sure instead of it going exclusively to ESPN that you have multiple bidders. Um, everything else is a little bit nebulous. Uh, possibly the scheduling alliance could be a big deal in like 10 years. Um, but that's the number one first start thing is don't let ESPN get all the money and then keep giving it all to the SEC. Because the, the way that the way this is going, Dan is, is creating your own league, creating your own super league, creating your own NCAA with Mark Emmert basically kneecapped by Brett Kavanaugh at the Supreme court level and COVID wiping out so many budgets across um, collegiate sports that there's a gold rush on trying to find out where you can get the money back and how you can grow your pot, certainly to continue on to, you know, try and operate in the black and, and pay for Title IX sports and things like nature. I mean, this is this is what is happening right now. And you're saying that the, that the Big Ten... Pac-12 and ACC totally understand they don't want the SEC picking off more people, but are you saying that they believe that ESPN is like a stalking horse, um, a television stalking horse, to be a partner for this new NCAA that is being formed in the southeast part of the United States? Is that what you're saying, Dan Wetzel? Uh, some of them, some of the more conspiracy-minded ones might think that or, or be suspicious of that. They all also do business with the with ESPN, though. Sure, right. Um, I think it's more that look the, the the money the money in college sports is is obviously in TV. You have and, and as big as the NCAA basketball tournament is, this college football playoff will, will dwarf that in money. But in college football, you only get so many games a year that get the big big number, the ten million plus, the eight million plus. And like during a during a normal season, you might have one regular season game get over ten million viewers, maybe two. Ohio State, Michigan almost always does. The SEC championship game, you know, when LSU's playing Alabama, or last year there was a Clemson Notre Dame game in South Bend on Saturday yeah. night. They got, but those games are rare. But when the playoff comes, and all of a sudden you have uh, seven games that will do that kind of number, you've now created, you know twice as many, uh, or really three times as many at that point, if you're counting on two or three big games, you now have 10. You don't want ESPN having all of that and then being focused on what do we do with the, with, with the SEC. You have to have Fox have some money because as these contracts go on. So it's a, kind of a long play. It's also better for the sport to be on more networks. And the NFL does it right. The NFL doesn't just get bigger uh ratings in college football it also gets more dollars per eyeball than than them and they have all four networks fighting against each other to try to promote the sport they get it all over the place so to move it around makes a lot of sense they just don't want espn to have so much power over the sport because if you control the college football playoff you are now you have almost all of the big time television events in college sports. Um, well, we'll see what happens with CBS and the, and the, the basketball tournament. That's just a secondary kind of side thing. So they want that spread out, and this is a way of saying we're going to pump the brakes. Now, it's for, that's disappointing for fans who are like, hey, we got to go through two more seasons at four. Do we now have to go through five? I mean, it's kind of like you pulled the rug out from under us. But that's the primary goal. Uh, and so it, it's not, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say ESPN is just trying to wipe these other guys out because – they need the other teams, too. Uh, the SEC's a big deal, but it'll never get the, the national attention, the national rating, unless everyone's involved. We've seen that when it's, when it's SEC teams in the championship game, the ratings are lower. You need a Midwest presence or a West Coast presence or something like that to get the, the bigger areas of the country to, uh, to tune in. I love this real talk right here with Dan Wetzel, national columnist of Yahoo Sports, because let's, let's keep talking real here, Dan, because, you know, eventually everyone's going to come together. I mean, let's be honest that this is leverage to make sure that whatever final deal finally gets together um, for these power five conferences or power four, if the big 12 is now left picking up pieces and is not even part of this, um, that, that this is all leverage for, for down the road 
as for for right now, was there a danger of Clemson and Ohio State peeling off and joining the SEC along with Oklahoma and Texas? Was there was that part of maybe this conversation that got the ACC and the Big Twelve, uh, the uh, the Pac twelve, and the Big Ten together? Have you heard anything like that at all? There, there wasn't any, but if you look at the at the game pieces and you look ahead, you could see where there there might be. Not necessarily with Ohio State. Um, the Big Ten is really solid, and Ohio State. And you know, to say Ohio State, Michigan join the SEC makes uh, just wouldn't make sense institutionally for those schools. Uh, Football is a big deal, but the Big Ten has a ten billion dollar a year. Um, uh, uh, joint fund to to do research and, and scientific development and all of that. And I know we can all roll our eyes about the academics, no, no. but that matters on these campuses. We're talking ten billion. So, and and if you're Ohio State, which has done a tremendous job at improving its academics in the last twenty years, you you're you're recruiting your student body from Chicago and from Pennsylvania and Michigan. Like to just go play in the South wouldn't make a lot of sense. They're not going to give up everything for football. And Michigan's certainly not going to do it. So those things matter more on the campus. A $100 million football team is a big deal, but it's not as big as a $10 billion, having access to $10 billion and you know, driverless car funding and things like that that they're working on at these schools. So all of that goes on. Now, if, but if you look at the long term and you say Clemson and Florida State, right, geographically, culturally, uh, academically, um, competitively, financially – it makes a ton of sense for those two to join the SEC, right? They, they're right in. They're already practically. They're right there. It's not a big. It's a much easier move for Clemson and Florida State than it would be for Oklahoma and Texas. Now, there's again, there was no movement on Clemson and Florida State right now. But if you're the Big Ten, let's say you're the Big Ten, and you're looking because people are like, why is the Big Ten doing this? They really, they're as strong as the SEC. Their TV money is just as big. They may not win the championship, but their programs are strong. They're getting there's a whole bunch of hundred thousand seat stadiums that get filled every week. They're fine. Why would you kind of lend your strength to prop up these other leagues? It's because they want Clemson. You know, they want Clemson and Florida State to be to feel good. And if you're in the Big Ten, you're looking and saying, "Well, I could see these two jumping. Why don't we try to help out the ACC a little bit and make it worth their while to stay?" Because the one thing Clemson and Florida State have. This is, what Clem- this is what Oklahoma and Texas gave up, and they may regret it forever, because Nebraska sure does. When you go to a harder league, you can't just roll out of bed and go, we're going 10-2 and two at least this year uh, if we've got our program together or we're, we've got an inside track on the playoffs. You now have to fight through a much tougher league. And so there's still a lot of reasons for Clemson and Florida State to stay right where they are. But certainly you could look at that and go, boy, that's not that's not some seismic move if you said, hey, I'm going to join the league. The leagues already are in your footprint. Dan Wetzel here on the Rich Eisen Show. My oldest son, Dan, is getting bar mitzvahed this very weekend. Congratulations. He, thank you, sir. Let's flash forward to when he gets out of college. What does this scene look like? What does it look like when he gets the out of college? Deal? Yeah, everything. What does the landscape look like, do you think? Crystal ball. You, you have four major conferences. Okay. Um, look, if, if this deal goes forward, and they haven't worked out all the scheduling, but the plan they have for scheduling that they're trying to figure out is to have each school play. If, if, you're, in, if you're North Carolina, you will also play one team from the Big Ten, one team from the Pac-12 every year. If you're Michigan, you play an ACC and a Pac-12 team every year. And you, drop, you would basically now start playing 10 conference games, and that's what you would do. Um, so... If that it takes a long time to get to that because they have these schedules planned out five six years in advance and no one wants to break contracts and and all of that. But I would say if this thing holds and it and it could, it's because that's a good scheduling deal for these 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 leagues. You'd be playing more high quality games, which I think fans would actually like about ten games a year. The SEC would probably have to play ten games amongst them itself because they would be starved out of a lot of non-conference games. Other than the real rivalry games that would, would stay, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Florida State, Florida, Louisville and Kentucky, and uh, um, Clemson and South Carolina, the other, the, you know, and Alabama would say, well, who are we going to play? The Big Ten won't play us, the Pac-12 won't play us, the ACC won't play us. You basically got Notre Dame and, you know, a couple others. So they might have to go to 10 teams. 
I actually think you'll have more good games, more big television games and mm. all of that, but you'll basically have four leagues. Uh, the big 12 teams will step back some and, and be that upstart, uh, the, the remaining big 12, uh, big, big 12 teams. And I think you'll have a 12 team playoff. So it's, it's, it's not like they're going to, this is going to significantly alter what's going on. They're just trying whatever they can. And, uh, now, here's the other part. This is a handshake agreement uh, in college sports, mind you. College sports, if your son, let's put it this way, if your son becomes a cross-country runner yes, sir. that could go to the local, local college, they will make him sign a binding letter of intent because they do not trust him to leave them, right? They will have all sorts of documents you have to sign. If you're the lowest athlete in the entire athletic department, Yet we're to believe that 41 schools just are going to work this together as a gentleman's agreement. So this is more likely blows up than not. Mm. But if it goes, I mean, there are a whole lot of options for these leagues. And, and so I think you'll have a four league, four major leagues, 12 team playoff. It, it, it'll be fine. No matter how much they mismanage this thing, mm. college football and to a lesser degree, college basketball is so good, it, it can't be screwed up. See, here's what I think it is. Dan, and you tell me if how, how far off I am. You could rate it on one to ten about how 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 accurate this might actually be. I think Greg Sankey, who's been on this show a couple times, the SEC commissioner, is a really smart fella. I think no he, he I think he is really smart, really savvy, and terrific at his job. I think he sees what's going on with Mark Emmert. I think he sees what's going on with the NIL name, image, and likeness. I think he sees what's going on with the Supreme Court. The writing is on the wall. It is in neon letters that it's open for business. Oklahoma and Texas is now in Greg Sankey's fold. He is trying to maybe with, as we pointed out at the beginning of this conversation with my former place of business, the worldwide leader in sports, ready to roll with an idea that he winds up running the entire athletic world and that everybody gets together at some point. Certainly if the leverage that you just said that this historic alliance might have by saying, okay, enjoy. I know it just means more to y'all down there in the southeast part of the United States and the Gulf South, but guess what? Enjoy, keep playing each other. That whole USC-Alabama kickoff and Jerry World, see ya. That's it. That ain't happening. So at some point there might be some leverage point from the historic alliance and everyone comes together, and not only do they have a huge consortium of schools and academia um, that Sankey's in charge of and that ESPN essentially mostly televises, but on top of it, they've got themselves an NCAA basketball tournament to run and turn the current bracket into the NIT, and they run the entire world collegiately. That's the way I'm sort of seeing this. Maybe I'm jaded, uh, but this is the way I'm viewing it, Dan. Your thoughts? Well, they would need all the leagues to come together because they can't get the TV number they need. Yes. If, especially if college football fans elsewhere take a a um, opposition stance. We know how our country is now. Everything, everyone's uh, it's not just rooting for your team; it's hating the other team. <laughs> and and people don't watch the SEC out of some kind of pride. And those are your hardest core fans, the most reliable TV viewers. So they have to, and they just don't have the population centers as much as they've expanded to Texas, you know, and, and, you know, in the Northeast, the, you know, it's still fledgling ratings, you know, in the Northeast, fledgling ratings out in California. Well, you still need those to have big, big numbers. Yes. The problem with the basketball tournament is, is very profitable, but that basketball tournament succeeds because it's a brilliantly set up. It's the construct is perfect. The first weekend is about the upsets. Yes, it is. And the Cinderellas, that's what draws people in. You could still have them, is what I'm saying. You could still have them. You know, like the, the well, you, you know, they'll take any scrap you get. Yes. They'll, you um, could still have they'll them. They'll take any. Abilene Christian will show up if you invite them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you have to have that. You know, can you replace the NCAA? You, you can, but you kind of, at this point, the NCAA is completely neutered. That's what I'm saying. And, Sankey's got, Sankey and, sees a void. He sees a void and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's going to take some time, but there's, there's a, do, a world to dominate. And the first dominoes were, were Texas and Oklahoma. So that's the way I'm kind of viewing it. And, the, and but the NCAA is fairly harmless at this point. They don't really take much money from anybody. They give it all back to the schools. Hmm. And, 
you still need someone to run the tournament and you still need somebody to keep the trains running on time. And with name, image, and likeness, there's no more enforcement because it's impossible to decipher. It would take, it would take a, a thousand forensic accountants to figure out whether a booster actually gave money because he wanted, you know, I mean, just the, the money's there. Yes. So there really isn't a whole lot the NCAA is going to do in the future that's going to anger anybody. You, you almost you would you know it's it's really just it's a, it's not even that big of a building in Indianapolis. There's a few hundred people working in there doing a lot of what they do is 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 very well done, right? It, the, the basketball tournaments generally run well. But you got to have somebody running your field hockey tournament, all those things. So I'm always skeptical of replacing the NCAA because it's like you have to then create another NCAA. At this point, the NCAA has almost no no power. You're sharing scraps with Division three schools and things like that. This is why, uh, this is why I'm saying no so. No question this consolidates power, and Greg Sankey is playing chess, and they're all pl- looking long-term. That's why everyone was like, well, this announcement is stupid, and nothing changed today. It's like, yeah, that, that's not what this is about. It's a long-term plan to try to support the other long-term plan, but nobody's quite sure what their plans are. So my, my theory is more closer to possible, possible rather than tinfoil hat, right? It, oh, it's say? definitely possible. Oh, 100%. I just don't know how you do it. There's time. But there's no tinfoil hats anymore, man. Everything's every, anything's possible. Well, tinfoil <laughs> hat brought to you b- brought to you by Reynolds Wrap. There you, you know? go. Then I will take a college. I mean, we just had a 40 we basically had a 41 team conference get created. I mean, there's only 32 teams in the whole NFL. <laughs> Thanks. So, for, I mean, there are no no tinfoils anymore. Everything's possible. It's just like where is this going to land? I just the problem want, you have yes? no one is in charge of this this sport. Nobody. You go show up and say who's in charge, and they go. They point to ten different guys. Well, I would say um, Greg Sankey's in charge. That's He's the probably way. Probably in charge. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying right now. Thanks for the call, Dan Wetzel. Um, let's chat down the line during the season. Enjoy your your time uh, that you have between now and kickoff. Thanks. Thank you, man. Appreciate the it. National columnist of Yahoo Sports, Dan Wetzel, on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take a break so we're remotely on time for Michael Smith, a brother from another. There's a trade in the NBA, a sign-and-trade in the NBA that involves the Portland Trailblazers. Could this be T.J. Jefferson's dream come true? That's next. (laughs) What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. When you showed up in Steelers training camp, who, who was was Mean Joe there? Was all those guys there? Yeah, Blunt. But I never, you know, he was defense. I was defense. It's like it was like the Hall of Fame coming to life. In that uh, spot. Well, no, okay. it was next year really that they really got the recruiting going. Okay, you know that was all the all the guys that made it to those Super Bowl teams. Are you saying you're the dead weight? Is I think I might have been dead weight. <laughs> yeah. And how did uh, Chuck Knoll cut you? What did he say? To you? He called me in. You know, okay. I went to the office mm-hmm. and uh, brought my playbook. So I knew, you know, I was going. And uh, he couldn't have been nicer, by the way. And, and, you know, he was complimentary. You know, he said, you know, look, you're a tough kid, but, you know, you're trying to learn the position. I had never played. We didn't have outside linebacker mm-hmm. in the college I played for. So it was the only position I, re- you know, reasonably could have played. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't have, he didn't have time. He said, look, it's my first year, too. So he said, I can get you down with the Eagles. The Eagles are desperate. And that would have gone, a, you know, rental car straight down 80, you know, to the... Yeah. And, I, and he said, but it's got to be, you got to tell me right now. And I said, I'm done. You knew it that you didn't want to go play no. for the Eagles? No. Why? 
I don't know. It was a it was a spur of the moment. This I had knee problems. I was and I was I, to be honest, I was sick of football. Who was the best football player that you ever lined up with or against? Roger Staubach. When did you play against him? I played against Roger Staubach when I was at Youngstown State University, and he was at Pensacola Naval Station doing his six-year bit. Wait a minute. This is a great story, right? Uh, yeah. You know, he, you know, they do that. He graduated from Annapolis, won the Heisman, mm-hmm. went down there, and played football for six years. You're playing against the Pensacola... What Naval was Station. Naval Station. Yeah. And then out trots Roger Staubach? Yeah. That's not fair. He was their quarterback. That's not and fair. these were high-scoring, close games. Did you rush him? Did you get him? I, Did you I, take I, him down? i tell you the truth. I, I rushed him. Mm-hmm. I got a hold of him. I spun around one time on his leg, and he and he he just kept wiggling his leg free, and then he threw a touchdown pass. I hit him illegally out of bounds once, <laughs> and got got a 15-yard penalty. And they had a guy their their middle linebacker was a guy named Lynch, who was a was a naval boxing champion. Yeah. Who I think his brothers played. One of his brothers played for Kansas City. Okay. The Lynch brothers. Sure. And he wanted to kill me, you know, because they loved Roger. Of course. Know. So you almost started a brawl by hitting Roger Staubach out of bounds. Yeah, I was just so tired of chasing him, and he, you know, he just stepped out of bounds, and I thought, no, I'm, I've been running 25 yards now, you know. Yeah. I just kept. Going. 15 yards on Ed O'Neill. Oh yeah. Love Ed O'Neill. All of his appearances, multiple on YouTube.com/slash Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Um, before we get to Michael Smith, I know we're about a minute, a few minutes late, but I just want to say this, and we'll talk about it with him. Um, the, Chicago, uh, the Chicago Bulls um, have sent Laurie Markin in mm-hmm. a sign-and-trade to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Four-year, $67 million deal. Laurie Markkinen is on the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers now. Yep. And Portland was dragged into this to, uh, I guess, make things equal in a way. I don't know, the three, a third team in. Bulls get Derek Jones Jr. Portland's lottery protected future first. That's next year, and a Cavs future second rounder. And Portland gets Larry Nance Jr. Okay. So, uh, in your estimation, um, TJ, does that mean Larry Nance Jr. works well along with Damian Lillard to come for Ben Simmons? Is that how it works? I feel like Larry or Nance, Larry's there. Larry's there to work well Larry, with Ben Simmons. Ben and CJ McCollum are going to make a Great. terrific okay. big three Just for the Portland Trailblazers. That's all uh, I'm saying. He along with Michael Holly on Brother from Another every single day once we are done. And I appreciate his patience. We're a few minutes late after talking with Dan Wetzel. Michael Smith back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? Good. I'm just cracking up because y- y'all just skip right to the good part, right? Y'all just got Ben. Y'all got uh, Ben Simmons going to Portland for damn. I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a matter at hand. No, I, I'll be honest with you, Michael. Y'all is doing a lot of heavy lifting. There's, there's one, uh, there's one on the Rich Eisen show that thinks that, and that's T.J. Jefferson to my right. Hey, I got, I got to put it out there in the universe, Michael. You know, if I want it to happen, I got to, you know, got to speak it into existence, as they I say. I don't know if that's going to work, though. <laughs> What do you think, Michael? Yeah, that's fascinating. And we actually may discuss that with, um, we got our NBA insider, uh, Vinny Goodwill, uh, making his usual Friday appearance on yes. show later. Because, you know, I've seen reports where Simmons, you know, may not show uh, for training camp if he's still on the roster. Obviously, it's an awkward situation. And I, and I do wonder, maybe a resident Sixers fan could, uh, you know, could enlighten me even, um, if, you know, just, just if Daryl Moore is playing this the right way. Because on one hand, it's like, Dude, he's a depressed asset. Uh, still, there's value in Ben Simmons. Don't get me wrong. I know what he does well. We all know what he does well, what he doesn't do well. But he's a depressed asset mainly because everybody knows it's not realistic for him to return under circumstances. Um, I get one high value for him. I also get holding out to wait for Damian Lillard's seemingly inevitable realization that, <laughs> okay, Chauncey Billups ain't playing and coaching. And we ain't contending with this team, no matter how much I want to give it a shot. So I'm ready to be traded. So it's like, if you're Daryl Morey, do you continue to hold out and really make it uncomfortable and, you know, awkward for training camp, if not longer, in the hope that Ben Simmons, excuse me, that Damian Lillard runs out of patience, or for that matter, Bradley Beal? Fascinating game Daryl Morey's playing. So let me let me just flip it though on its uh, on the other way, Michael Smith. If you're Damian mm-hmm. Lillard, uh, as you say, the inevitable will uh, dawn upon him that Billups is not suiting up um, unless he's suiting and booting. Um, and so 
So why would you choose the Sixers if you're Lillard? You finally force your exit. You finally, you know, exert whatever you can exert uh, to leave the town that you you really want to stay in um, by all intents and purposes. Would you choose the Sixers as your 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 landing spot? I think they're as good as anybody else. Look, I think one thing Damian Lillard does not have to worry about at this point because he's built up so much respect and goodwill and credibility, you know, throughout the NBA community, or and for that matter, the fans, if, if he's even worried about that. He doesn't have to worry about perception. He doesn't have to worry about image. He doesn't have to worry about legacy. He's fought the good fight. He's run the race in Portland. Um, nobody's going to say, oh, you're going and joining such and such his team if he does it. I don't think so. Um I think he's just got too much goodwill built up. So out of any team, if I got opportunity to have Joel Embiid as my big man and the way the Sixers, uh, depending on what they give up, you know, would be able to defend, which is, you know, something that's very foreign to Damian Lillard and his teams in Portland. I like them better than New York. Sorry. I know that stings. No, it does um, not, Michael. As a matter of fact, I despise Dolan and and uh, and as much as I enjoy – uh, the coach and everybody who they put together, uh, I think the the owner's unworthy of it. So you can keep on keeping on. That's <laughs> okay. fine with it. Yeah, I mean, as it, sexy as it is for a superstar, you know, a bona fide superstar. I like I like what the Knicks have, have done in a short period of time. As sexy as it is for a bona fide superstar to finally choose the Knicks, um, and 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 obviously they would be, it would be his team, and you know he could have it have his cake and eat it too. Go to a, a better team that that would obviously be built around him. Um, you know, if he goes to Philly, you know, on certain nights, if not most nights, he's the second best player on the team. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I think that's a that's a one way ticket to the NBA Finals if he goes to Philly. Well, I mean, Michael Smith, brother from another top of the hour here on Peacock uh, right now on the Rich Eisen show. It, it, this is amazing. I'm, I, this is fascinating to me because this is in the ether, and you know, obviously, I'm going to get lost in the the start of football season, but this is mm-hmm. going to have to come to a head. And obviously if Simmons is untenable in Philadelphia and Lillard does want out in Portland, um, then that does seem to be a match. Let me, let me just throw a, an actual figurative match into this. If you're the Bucks, would you try to figure out a way to get Lillard just to shock everybody and know that you've got to load up like this year, all well and good. Terrific. It was great. Giannis did what he did. But why don't you try and get in the super team game with all due respect to the guys that are there right now, not technically the super team. What's up with that? No, you know, but the Nets are going to have three, you know, Hall of Famers coming back all healthy. No, I know Middleton Mm -hmm. did did terrific and and Holiday was great and it worked. But, you know, there is there is the 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 idea that Durant is wearing a shoe too large for his foot and that might have made things different. You know I what I'm saying? All the time. You know what I mean? I, I say it all the time, going back and forth with Holly about about because you know I was I was pulling for the Nets, he was pulling for the Bucks. Really, just because we were rooting against each other. We don't have dogs in that fight. We just you know hate right. each other like that. No, but I, I, I like um, I like it where your head is in terms of not resting on. It sounds like just hey, you don't rest on your laurels. Don't take anything for granted. Keep Next going. year's New Year. Yes, you won a championship. You got a big three, if not a super team of your own, with. But the Nets are going to come back with reinforcements and Patty Mills. Um, you know, the Heat, or you know, have replenished. Um, you know, is, who knows what the Sixers do? So I, I hear you. Uh, I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would mess with a good thing though, because I would look at it as okay in a in a fantasy basketball perspective. What I want, Lillard, sure. Would that work from a chemistry standpoint? What would I have to give up? Yeah, I'm obviously sacrificing defensively by getting Lillard as much as I love his offensive game. So if I'm Milwaukee, Lillard's not the guy. But also, I'm running it back thinking, okay, you know, last year as the playoffs went on, Giannis got better. And Giannis ended up coming into his own. And imagine a second year of Giannis playing with Drew Holiday, uh, given how they evolved, how Mike Budenholzer even started to evolve and save and save his job in the process by switching more on defense, mm. for example. Um, yeah, I, if I'm Milwaukee, I stand pat, and and I'm mm. and I don't look at it as though, hey, I got you know I was fortunate that Ben Simmons passed up a layup, or I was fortunate that Kevin Durant, 
you know, shoes a size too big and he wore down in overtime at Game 7, I, I look at it as like, hey, we're just getting started. I hope so, too. But uh, I do but, like your thought process. Because You're I, aggressive. I, no, here's the deal, Michael Smith. I, I look out here in Los Angeles and LeBron and, and Anthony Davis could rest, right? Or And, and uh, you know, the, the Lakers can, can rest on – on everything, and then they go at Russell Westbrook, right? And at some point, you know, the Clippers are going to have to figure out how to continue adding. There's, it's an arms race here, and if Lillard is available, I flaws you know, with those clubs though, I, I don't see the flaws with Milwaukee that would necessitate uh, a, a earth-shattering move like it would take to get a, a, a Damian Lillard or another superstar player. I mean, it, not to mention, I don't even know what assets they have left, given all they gave up to give up Drew Holiday. Let's not forget that part of it. They gave up a bunch of picks for that. Um, in that move, um, or n- not even mentioning the cap. But I-, I get what you're saying about the arms race part, but the-, the difference I would say with the Lakers, and for that matter the Clippers, is you know those teams have flaws. It wasn't just LeBron James's injury that undid the Lakers last year. Uh, they had some roster construction flaws that they needed to fix. I don't know that they necessarily fixed them as much as they made them different. Because, I mean, when LeBron was hurt and or resting, you know, they got the brakes beat off them. Uh, in theory, Westbrook would uh, mitigate some of that. Westbrook on the floor with LeBron and Anthony Davis doesn't seem to be the right compliment, but that's up to Frank Vogel and LeBron to figure out. I, I tend to think they will, you know, not to go too far down the rabbit hole with the Lakers, only because, you know, we've seen a couple of times with LeBron where it's like, ah, is he's redundant with Dwayne Wade, or how is he going to coexist? with Kyrie Irving. They're both ball-dominant, this and the other, and they figured it out. But the difference is both those two guys, Irving more than Wade, could actually shoot. Uh, and Westbrook, for all he does well, he does not do that well. And LeBron and Anthony Davis both need to be surrounded by as much spacing as shooting and shooting as possible. Before I send you off to your show, sir, or you have to run from this show to do yours, Michael Smith, I, I'm curious what you thought of the Draymond exchange with Kevin Durant on on his podcast chips which by the way i thought you know uh, draymond has got the chops he's got a career in broadcasting when right. not if not not if but when he wants it right and and i don't blame him for making that fodder for a podcast because that is that is a great guest and a great question to ask that guest and it is a great shareable answer for your podcast and all of that mm-hmm. Um, and he might not have thought about what ramifications might come from it once his guest leaves that at the doorstep of his current coach and general manager. Right. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm wondering what you thought of the answer, um, and not just the ramifications, but the answer itself from Durant about why uh, about whether the set to between the two led to Durant's departure. Um, in a word, I thought it was lame, and. Generally, I enjoyed the conversation, and I really enjoyed it as it went on. See, like, that exchange, and they covered that previously, but that exchange, you know, made a lot of headlines, and, you know, it you know, got a lot of engagement in the, on the Internet and what have you. But I thought it got really good when they talked about really what makes them tick. Uh, you know, Durant, even on a personal level, not having children. Um, you know, those things... Um, you know, talking about when they were talking about guys that go too far, just what drives them. Those things were way more fascinating, and I agree with you. I mean, I looked at that, and I, was, I looked at it with such envy. I was like, man, I mean, so how come Draymond Green can do my job hmm. infinitely better than I can do his? That ain't fair. <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I was like, come on, man. Like, you know, you're already a Hall of Famer. You ain't got to come, you know, take it here. But no, all, but all seriousness, I just looked at it as like, guys, like, you know, you can say what you want about how the organization organization handled it. Y'all two grown ass men. Like, if y'all wanted to squash it, y'all could have squashed it. It doesn't doesn't matter whether they disciplined Draymond Green and made it weird. Like Kevin Durant probably already had it in his mind that he was going to move on, and that didn't happen in a vacuum. That wasn't some isolated incident. There was a build up to that, um, build up to that moment, and it, it, it came to a head, and they didn't fix it. And Kevin Durant moved on. But to now pull Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, even if there's some truth to it, and they're entitled to their truth, you know, one thing can be true. And if two adults wanted to squash it and put it behind them, and Kevin Durant wanted to stay, he would have. So I, 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 thought, I thought it was a pretty 
you know, empty uh, excuse, uh, if that makes sense. Michael, uh, appreciate the chat. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do more of it. Um, who else is on yeah, your show tomorrow? You come by us. Uh, you know, going through once the football season, you're gonna start coming kicking it with us, right? And you, you reach out to me. You know my number. You know how to get me. Sure, I do. I'd love I do. it. I could slide in your DM. That's a. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I could do that. You know, not like Jay Crowder, though. Okay. <laughs> okay, for sure. <laughs> you didn't expect that answer, did you? TJ almost spat out his coffee. There he goes. You, 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 that's, you, that's good. That's good. You're quick on your feet, Rick. You're quick on your feet. Take care of yourself, Michael Smith. Let's do it again right. soon. Appreciate brother it. Brother, for yeah, another Michael. top of the hour right here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Every now and then you'll, you'll <laughs> do something like that. Because you I... don't think I'm paying attention to that part of our sports world. You don't think I'm paying attention and I'm absorbing that material. Yeah, because you and are. And sitting on it and then using it. Yes, like you are a lead pipe wielding professional, as you say. So yes. while Brockman and Del Tufo and I are talking about stupid Instagram stuff, you're usually at your desk, like getting ready for the show. And so when you bring up Mike's outside the OnlyFans office, yes. you know, well, pounding on the door, well, I'm a... like, I didn't realize you were even paying attention. See, I know. So. Two things uh, I just want to hit here. Uh, first thing is, um, you know, Draymond Green asking that question on his podcast is great. I don't know if he was the one who thought about it. If he has a producer, he goes, you know, you should ask, you know, when Kevin comes on, this is, you should ask about your situation and chop it up. Mm-hmm. I, or it was something like, hey, Kevin, come on. Let's get this out. Yeah, we need to talk like about it. Like the this. two of them said, we need to bring it to the people. It's possible. I'd, All I'd of those could that. be feasible. But Draymond didn't think or may not care that the answer, he had to know the answer from Kevin would had to be somewhat critical of his current coach and management team. I didn't think that one through or what? Because, you know, now you're going to have to have this on your lap now. Yep. Now you're going to have this on your lap to either reach out to Kerr or people are going to ask him about it. And you may not care. You may just go about his business. I would just think that you'd rather go about your business without that sort of stuff hanging over your head or being asked of you. But he's got a heck of a career whenever he wants it Man. to do this. And the other thing, too, is, um, as you know, we're, we rely on phone calls on this show mm-hmm. for our guests. And um, we try to get them on a landline. doesn't work that way a lot. And when the cell num the cell phone goes out a little bit, I'll look straight at you. Yeah, no, like, no, 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 no. I know. And I just want you to know, Mike, <laughs> when I look at you, You're... I know you have no control over it. No, I know that. I, so you, just so you, I know you can't control somebody's cell reception, wherever the heck they are on planet earth. <laughs> and I know it's the cell, but I do look at you just in case it's something that has nothing to do with the cell. But I know it's the cell, so you understand what no, my no, no, verbal is. I totally do. But you just for the radio audience and, and rep- you look at me and you look at your board like it could be <laughs> no, something you I totally control. Do. Yes. And then we have to wait. It's my job as an on-air host. To, how long do I wait for the pause before yeah. I say, let's call him back, let's hang up, let's do this? It's my job. Like I, I have to make this call. Like I I, I I have to say, yeah, you're an A, let's keep going. And I'll wait a couple extra seconds. And then when it comes back on, Del Tufo lifts his hands up in the air. <laughs> like, uh, like, like, no. like one of those offensive linemen who's just been called for holding. You say, I didn't hold. Wasn't me. You know, like, or, or hey, I didn't, I'm not touching anything. Like, you're just going to leave it alone. Again, he you tur- have no control over it's it. Like and turbulence. You make that move. He it's turns, like turbulence. He turns into Shaggy Rich. Yeah, it wasn't, like, no, it no. wasn't me. No, it's like, it's turbulence. like turbulence on a plane. It's right? like turbulence on a plane. Like, I'm flying the plane. I'm sitting there. It's you get a little bump. <laughs> I, Rich it's looks. It's so funny when we have that exchange. <laughs> but it's exchange he is goes great. like this. Like, I'm not touching I'm like, it. I'm not touching it. Okay, Michael Smith's back on. <laughs> I go like this. And he, I, when oh, I hear him, I'm like, I so happy. Hands up. Let's take a break. There was an end of an era on my network nfl network today want to address that and uh address the weekend and get you ready for next week right here on the rich eisen show Beautiful day out here in Kansas City. Got a nice, clean, shaved face. Oh, really? You're not growing it. You're not growing it back. After that picture, I realized, you know what? I need to really embrace who I am. To be honest, right now, I'm just torturing my girlfriend because she's 
she's not a fan of just the, the shaved face, oh. the baby face. Travis, it's not even popular at home, too? You're getting it on Twitter? No. You're getting it, really? No, I'm getting uppercuts and just left hooks from from everybody. Man, a lot of people are talking about this <laughs> terrible picture I just took <laughs> within the next, like, two days. I mean, every single ESPN, NFL, you name it, Shade Room, every, every single social media outlet had wrote something just hilarious. We did it too. We defaced our. We we drew we drew beards on ourselves. That's still up on our YouTube page. That's still up on exactly. our YouTube and header. That's that's how you bring a community together, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shave without expecting some blowback <laughs> from Ooh. your fan base. Did you see that? Yeah, George. I changed it to his caller ID pretty quick. Not lie. <laughs> Which one? The, the clean shaver or the one where he scrawled on his own feet to face his own oh, selfie? No, no, the clean shave. I zoomed it in as tight as you could zoom it in, and that's his car right <laughs> <laughs> So when Travis Kelsey calls George Kittle's cell phone that shaved mugs, that's what shows up on your phone. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. When the NFL Network started, they came to me and they wanted to use my song today for the first promo ad. Okay. Yeah. And what happened? I think I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it wound up with Dear Mr. Fantasy from Traffic? Yes. That was one of the greatest commercial campaigns I've ever been fortunate to to be featured in. When I saw the ad and I saw how well it was done, of course, I was regretful because I thought it was a great ad. I could have been in Gone with the Wind. I could have been, I, my song could have been in the original NFL Network commercial. And... A few months ago, I entered a contest on Instagram. It was from a Instagram page called Wrestle Rumble. Turns out, out of wow. 5,000 people entered, your boy won the contest. I become friends with uh, the guys over at Wrestle Rumble. He hits me up and he says to me, hey man, like I'd really be interested in making you a belt for the show. Oh, really? We now have an official Rich Eisen Show championship belt. Oh, okay. oh man, look at that thing. So what I wanted to do was, I wanted to make sure we all four of us were included yes. on this belt. So on the one plate, I put a DJ equipment for Mike. That, that represents <laughs> yeah. Del Tufo. And then we have over me. my Price is Right <laughs> meme. And then Brockman was the hardest one for me oh, to no, come up with something. It's a Segway! It's a hoverboard. <laughs> yeah. It's a Segway scooter. you fell off of. Why would you put DC? That is so disrespectful. <laughs> and then we have the Rich Eisen Show. Running Man. Uh, we are official, man. The Rich Eisen Show. Come this. get some. Fun week, and that's just scratching the surface for all of our archive, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Back here on Peacock, Premier League people, Premier League, Premier League, catch tons of exciting Premier League matches all weekend long. Check out this weekend's schedule. Should I call it schedule? Well, schedule. Premier League, yes. Don't forget to sign up for Peacock and make sure you don't miss a match. Go to PeacockTV.com to get started. Wolves versus Man United on uh, Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Does that mean is Ronaldo suiting up for that one? Is he going to get ready? Is he is he in the mix? I mean, he was, trend, he was trending. He was trending earlier today. No, I, I know he signed. A... Okay. Yeah, so he's. I just don't know. Does it mean he's suited? Do you suit oh, up? He's, he's going to get right he's out ready there. To go. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sounding very ignorant just saying that sort of <laughs> he's stuff. Ready to go. Uh, look, I talk about a different football. Little run schedule. 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 Check it out. Uh, Premier League on Peacock, yeah. NBCSN. Okay. Um. So, we just showed a, a best of the week video. And part of the best of the week that we had was Smashing Pumpkins lead singer, songwriter, Billy Corgan was on the show. And he let me know that the inaugural NFL Network campaign, the ad campaign for NFL Total Access to let everyone know, hey, you know, we're on the air on NFL Network. There's a show called NFL Total Access. It's going to take you behind the scenes everywhere. And the host is going to take you behind the scenes everywhere. I was the host. They put me everywhere in the commercial across the NFL landscape, literally everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it was set to the song Dear Mr. Fantasy by Traffic. And it was hugely popular and one of the best uh, videos I'd ever, uh, commercial campaigns I'd ever been fortunate to be in, including all the sports center ads that I was in back in the day. Billy said that the NFL Network and NFL knocked on his door first for the song today. Mm -hmm. And um, I had never heard that in 18 years. And it blows me away. Still, And NFL Total Access was my show from 03 to 2011. And that entire time, I'm very honest with you, we, we did a lot of firsts for NFL Network. We, we covered draft and NFL draft the first time. We covered combine for the first time. We covered training camp for the first time. We covered free agency for the first time. We had a schedule release for the first time. Everything was the first time. Thursday night football for the first time. And NFL Total Access was the first show that was a tentpole 
um, show for the network. I'm very proud to have done it for, for eight years. And I'll be very honest with you, for all those eight years, I spent a lot of that time wondering, will there ever be another such show on NFL Network? Ever. Because we were so focused on this one and there were other shows they were trying and, you know, there wasn't a lot of, of wherewithal to spend the money sometimes to, to do such a thing or create another one. And um, I honestly did not think it would ever happen. And then it did. And it has. In Good Morning Football. And the, the, the cast of Good Morning Football with the tremendous production team behind it um, in New York City with my colleagues Kyle Brandt and Peter Schrager and Kay Adams and Nate Burleson created a must-see television show every day on NFL Network every morning and through its force of personality, those four on the screen and the producers behind the, the scenes to know how to set up the four of them together and let their personalities on the air create a show that people enjoyed, flocked to, not just football fans, but the people that they're covering. That's the good stuff when you do a television show that the people you're covering want to be on. It's aspirational to be on it. Nate Burleson said goodbye to that show today as everything that he's done on that show and elsewhere put him on the CBS radar screen. And he is now, as you know, we had him on the other day, moving on to the pastures of morning television on network television journalism side for CBS this morning. And kudos to him. And we say to him, you go crush it, Nate. You go be you, be you and and go crush it. And that said, you know, it is an end of an era on Good Morning Football that the four that I've just mentioned who have created something and been so terrific at it, um, that that era is over. Good Morning Football will start a new one and will be terrific at it. They have created a must-see show on NFL Network that I'm proud of, and I don't have anything to do with it. Um, but I'm proud of it, and everybody at NFL Network should be as well. And I say to the four of them, great, what a hell of a run. And those who are, who are still on the show can't wait to see what's next for them and all the producers behind it that uh, Michael Davies Embassy Row have put together and everybody who has now taken that lead from Michael and created this show. Can't wait to see what's next. And same for Nate. And I hope Nate, you know, pops back in every now and then because that's, that's, um, that's his home too. So I just wanted to say great stuff. Great stuff. Can't wait to see what comes, but it's a heck of an era that came to an end. That'll wrap it up for this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on this Friday. For those on Peacock, I got a big weekend to tell you about. For those on radio, I'll tell you about it on Monday. Peter King's going to be our first guest after the preseason schedule. Schedule comes to an end. Schedule. <laughs> 